welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. This is episode 47, brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Today's record date is Teardos, the first of Evening Star. It's almost the end of the year, folks. Our show is sponsored by tweakedaudio.com hey quality headphones 30% off with our code off the record all one word over at tweakedaudio.com your shipping is free your product is going to be awesome and by audible a-u-d-i-b-l-e audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network that's the link you're going to need in order to get a free downloadable Audiobook today at Audible. A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. And at this crazy time of the year when you're looking for gifts, don't forget that QGN has an Amazon Associates link. No cost to you, but a small percentage goes over to QGN. So if you want to support us, there's one of the many ways that you can support us. Simply by going to our website, clicking the link down below. That'll certainly help us out. And of course, buy Broken Tusk Dentistry before you can intimidate your foes. You gotta look the part. Our cosmetic implants give you twice the tusk. I am your host. <laughs> and fellow Town Reality Traveler, uh, you've heard of the Cash Cab. Well, here is your host of Cop Car Karaoke, Ivarwin. And gummy bears bouncing here. <laughs> okay, Liz can be happy now because you know she wanted to hear you sing it again. There it is. That's. I'll tell you, my wife and daughter are cracking up though with the little video of you in the cop car singing. <laughs> my uniform and all that. Yeah, I was cracking up because you never opened your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, he's singing with his eyes closed. Hopefully, he's not driving too. <laughs> <laughs> right into uh, right into a building. I'll tell you what, I can get into a tremendous amount of trouble doing that. I had to like position the camera so you didn't see the patch on my right and the my shield on the left. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had to because otherwise, like if the NYPD sees that, I'm in a lot of trouble. I can imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, it's bad. It's bad. There's worse things out there than you singing gummy bears. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that is that is true, but. Uh... But but there it is anyway. Um, so hey, we that that gentleman is uh, is the Tamriel historian, uh, the number the number one Tamriel historian here. That's Mike Keeper of the Grand Tomes. What tomes are these tomes, and why are they so grand? There. Are they heavy? Mark Carey, the the tomes. I'm busy with my other tomes. <laughs> Damn it! Let's <laughs> carry the tomes. Why why can't I ball. carry all these tomes? <laughs> <laughs> too, too many. Does anybody want an internship for at QGN to carry our tomes? <laughs> and of course, we've got Mark, keeper of the other grand tomes, the Sonarist. Hey, everyone. Uh, unfortunately, Mike, I think we lost the last couple of interns. I think they're crushed under the tomes. Oh, damn it. Well, at least we have alchemy reagents now. Mm, this, uh, unless someone's been eating them to uh, to level up their alchemy. I'm missing a couple <laughs> of human hearts. <laughs> Does it really require, like, Daedric hearts in order to carry tomes, guys? It might. Or at <laughs> well, least Daedric sacrifices. Yeah. Uh, hey, Daggerfall is starting up. It, maybe you can start, you know, maybe you can hear it now uh, running in the background. Hopefully you can. We always try and get a little bit of the music in the background. 
Um, thank you for joining us. Where can you find us? Well, that's that's very easy. You, hey, you can you can find us at questgamingnetwork.com as well as on uh, YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash questgamingnetwork. You can find us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. Uh, and of course, hey, we love listener submitted emails. We've got one at the end of the show. If you want to email the show, it's Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. I'm going to get myself centered here in the game channel my inner orcish chi and while that happens uh mike is going to tell us what we're doing today in daggerfall so today we are playing elder scrolls 2 daggerfall we're going to be going to the province of orsinium uh and our discussion topics how does it make us feel when we return to old areas in new games in the history of section we have orsinium a city waiting to be sacked the Sonaris Archives, Orcs, it's not easy being green. We have a fast question and an email. And before we get to that, though, we have a special announcement just to remind everybody. Uh, today is our 47th episode. Uh, we have our 50th coming up really, really fast. And as part of our 50th episode, uh, we are going to give away one of my paintings to one of our lucky listeners. Uh, so how do you enter? Uh, well, you must be following our Twitters. You must be subscribed to our YouTube. You must send us an email describing, this is the most important part, email describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game that will be read on air for that episode. So, you know, send in your uh, entries. Uh, we only got three episodes left, so. Yeah. And it's then from his long time. hiatus, after short absence, to find some new sugar, Razumdai, or Razudar is back. I bring you to wisdom from the sky. Master shows only half his face, and little Secunda runs ahead. This is a wonderful time for socializing, studying, expanding your outlook on life, and partaking in all kinds of social events. Beware, the thief sign rules this month. Watch your pockets at these events. Oh, Razudar is back. Thank you, Razudar, for the two months horoscope. Ah, yes, I pet your fur. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I think that these ones are getting to us a little too much of the moon sugar. <laughs> no, 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 never. It's never this time of year, there's, sugar, there's moon sugar in everything. Yes, there's never too much uh, moon sugar. Yes, you know. We even stuffed it in the turkey last week. Oh, stuffed moon sugar turkey. Very good, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see our crazy cat put picture earlier? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> gameplay guys what what's everyone doing in game let's uh let's start with uh start with mike uh mark rather okay uh well um in classic d uh classic d classic elder scrolls uh i've been streaming daggerfall for the last two weeks um decided to as i was saying on um yeah, so, uh on off the record uh, I decided I was going to give uh, give the game a shot running as a merchant. And I was going to basically um, eschew any sort of combat ability and magic and uh, see how the game goes from there. And I was able to get out of the uh, out of privateer's hold in about 10 minutes. No deaths. Wow. You ran away, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so uh, running is like... <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> Brave survive and ran away. <laughs> yeah, she's a merchant. This is this should not be a surprise. Um, 
but yeah, no, like uh, dodging is the only combat skill that the character has. Orc and Daedric are in her uh, are in her chosen skill list. So one because contracts, one because might get waylaid by bandits. Oh. And Varwin's going to jail. Apparently, I got I got the attention of the guards. <laughs> Oh, stab the guard through the oh. door. <laughs> oh, dude, no, I will not surrender to the city guard. Die! Oh. <laughs> Do these guards actually die on, like, oh, oh. Uh, ESO's guards? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but they, they, they come in a wave. Oh. Holy cow. Smacking them oh. around. So, so what else is going on over there, Mark? <laughs> well, basically, um, the first the first one, I ended up running around in um, this massively complex dungeon trying to save this woman from the Thieves' Guild. Uh, and just last week, I ended up going... Uh, I ended up... Uh, I had a quest to, to find out if someone was an actual prophet for Xenathar. Um... I had another quest that will I'll actually be talking about a little later in the uh, this, in the archives. Um, that basically I was given six days to complete, despite the fact that the first place I had to travel to, and uh, out of like three or four, was five days away, going fast and just you know as fast as you could go. So that quest was uncompletable, and then I. Uh, Received a um, a letter and ended up going to go make a delivery to uh, to Man and Marco. So I actually went into uh, Scourge Barrow and uh, got to see him and his backup dancers. Oh yeah, I saw the uh, the Twitter image of that. It was awesome. <laughs> that pixel is amazing. And then <laughs> and then Mike's like, "Oh, is that uh, Nicki Minaj back there?" <laughs> Oh, and, and the girl that this is the thing the girls are animated images so you know uh, uh, they're they keep doing this flourish with their arms the entire time they're going it's hilarious they do a sexy dance just for you huh? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah basically well I think it's more for uh, Man and Marco than for me but uh, you know well with him being able to murder everyone in the room 20 times over <laughs> Um, I I'm, just type in or find Orsinium. That's oh, yeah, well, I know. I, I oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm just doing a thing. But um, Mike, what about you? What, what, what what's been what's been going on as of late? So I have been playing Skyrim. Um, I've got my uh, uh, Wood Elf character that I loaded up a couple weeks back, and uh, uh, in the Dark Brotherhood, I went to kill. Uh, Lubric there, the orc bard, and I have a mod that alters the insides of uh, some of the um, the taverns, and all I had to do was stand there in front of him, and he tried to get around me, and stepped into the fire pit, and roasted himself. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no work on my part, just stand there, look intimidating, yeah. you know, look at his navel, you know, the entire time. Oh, you must have gone to the uh, to the orc dentist we shouted out earlier. Uh, exactly. Our sponsors. And uh, then I had to go and do, take care of the uh, Crescent Moon um, um, lumber mill with the vampire that is there and his uh, vampiric wife. And uh, I have a mod on that that uh, turns the sawmills into these little hamlets or villages 
It's got, you know, a couple people working there and nothing really fancy, but it makes it feel more populated. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, well, how am I going to take care of these guys? You know, there's a lot of people around. So I started casting Fury. Well, it didn't work on the vampires because they're too high level, but it worked on all of the villagers. And they started like unarmed combat with the two vampires (laughs) and they started soup flexing each other and (laughs) killing each other. It was just a complete slaughter. (laughs) (laughs) That escalated quickly. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) I I think my favorite suplex in I've ever had in the game was when I was, uh, I got basically, I just gotten the orc blooded orc friend, uh, thing. Uh, that you get when you you get like the uh, the hands of the forge master, the, the gauntlets of the forge master or something yep. in Skyrim, and I challenged the the uh, the chief to a uh, to a battle or to uh, to a fist fight, and the game glitched and turned it into an actual fight. At the very, very end, so my character throws the final punch, somebody grabs him, suplexes him. Oh, and my just, God. And we're killing him. And everyone just sort of stops and starts treating me like I wasn't named Orc Friend anymore. They don't <laughs> kill me. But it's just like, yeah, we're not going to Yeah, you weren't supposed to kill the chief. Just, you know, mess him up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> somebody better clean this up. <laughs> I love that radiant, uh, radiant discussion that uh, they have. Oh yeah. Um, anything else, Mike? That's really been it for classic it. stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of time in Skyrim. You know, I got it up and working, and I'm having a blast. Uh, you know, fulfilling my contracts with the Dark Brotherhood. That's cool. What uh, what stage in the Dark Brotherhood are you up to in, in Skyrim? I have to go and meet uh, uh, Armand. Was it Armand? Montier, or whatever, the Imperial who wants to kill the Emperor. So okay. I, I've been right. in the crypt talking with Mom. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, maybe we'll tell get you, a- you know, watching Cicero dance is hilarious. You know, I just st- left the game for a little while and left it running. Came back and there he is, like break dancing. <laughs> I'm just like, this guy's crazy as hell. Hey, there's a cat here. See that. He was meowing before. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that. They do that. Uh, Yeah, my favorite dance that um, Cicero does is the one he does when he's dead. (laughs) Oh, poor Cicero. I can't stand him. You either love Cicero or you hate Cicero. It seems there's there's no middle ground with this guy. We hate him. Um, I, I think of Arwen's a big fan. I'm not a big fan. Oh, no. Not Look where we're at, Mark. Yeah. Wall, humping. wall humping. A little wall humping for you. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, my my Khajiit goes straight up these walls. Like, maybe a second of two or two of wall humping, and then wham, she's up the... She's already up. I was actually able to climb out of Scourge Barrow, and that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, a second or two of wall humping, but yeah, right up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like we've we've so uh, um, like espoused the uh, the term wall humping in, in this uh, in this show. It's hysterical. Oh yeah, it's like it's an actual term. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's an inside joke, you know. You gotta have been with us for what. Six months or so for that episode. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Like you gotta, you got you know what? You had, you had to have experienced the forty-five minute wall hump episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, not a whole lot of game time for me. Uh, a lot of ESO. Um, that's that's the one thing that <clears throat> I've been uh, really involved in lately. Uh, running uh, dungeons and whatnot, having a great time. Fully upgraded my gear to VR fifteen tank gear, so super excited about that. So uh, go hang out here, listen to some good Tamrielic music. Oh yeah, Look yeah at I hung minstrel. out with Wings of Faith today uh, for their dungeon running tanked uh, uh, fungal grotto with them. So uh, oh, okay. jealous and nice. Kilted Piper and a couple of the other guys. You know, so it was pretty cool. You know. I don't get to to tank too often, so that's my EP character. Oh, okay. Slumming it over there in the Ebonheart Pact, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my VR my VR nine character. <laughs> all right. Um. So um, today is all about Orsinium. It's about the orcs. Today is uh, part one of two episodes that we're going to spend on Orsinium. Um, we've been in Daggerfall for a little bit, and we thought it'd be a really cool idea to sort of close out our Daggerfall series with a two-part uh, two episode on Orsinium. Um, number one, we'll show Orsinium this episode as it is in Daggerfall. Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall. Uh, and then, next episode, as we like to do with our fourth episode in uh, the series... We go into Elder Scrolls Online and and do a either a comparison or a contrast or a uh, exploration of lore as it's changed since the game. Uh, since uh, guild event. events. What's that? Guild event. I'll bring the umbrella. Everybody, follow me. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking. We're walking. This way, people. <laughs> And on your left is the bronze statue of Hermaeus Mora. You can see him a mile away with all of the tentacles. <laughs> we're oh. summoning, we're summoning. <laughs> oh, oh, so make sure everybody you have a uh, Daggerfall character at least level 10. Come into Rothgar with us. That's right, so we can summon. Come on, guys, I'm the only one. <laughs> You're the singer in the group. So, so yeah, so we're we're going to be in Orsinium, and I'm going to ha- start heading over there in just a second. Um, one of the things actually I thought was kind of cool was when you go here, uh, you've got the Rothgarian Mountains, right? But the Orsinium is actually uh, relegated to like this tiny little area here just south of the Rothgarian Mountains. In fact, you could probably say it's part of it. Um, it's just a cordoned off area called the Orsinium area. Yeah. But uh, when you take a close look at it, there is actually no area here called Orsinium. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Mark, is that like a weird... It Should there be a city of Orsinium here? Uh, if you hit find and type Orsinium, you should have one come up. Yeah, I, I had I had nothing. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Farmstead. So I'm sort of wondering if Greenhouse. it's maybe... <laughs> it's in one like the surrounding areas? No, it should be in that area. It should yeah, be it in should Orsinium. Be there. Yeah. I don't see a dot that says outhouse, though. <laughs> 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 but um, um, 
Yo, Mark the Savage, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I'm not finding anything. Weird. I mean, you've got this whole here, yeah. whole thing here called Orsinium Area, but... Yeah, it should be there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, is it, I think it might be too early for Orsinium to be there itself. Because uh, this would be the third Orsinium. I could swear that you were able to get to it earlier than that. I no, it's uh, Orsinium area, but there's no town of Orsinium. Yeah. Well, um, we've got a big show for you. All right, we're going to lead off with our discussion topic here. Uh, now, this episode, like I was saying, launches our two-part episode on Orsinium. Uh, with Orsinium coming out in Elder Scrolls Online and it being the first time gamers have seen the area since Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall, you know, it raises a lot of emotions and questions. Um, in this particular case, most people playing the DLC for Elder Scrolls Online you know, have not really experienced any of the quests or the area itself in Elder Scrolls II. However, you know, the desire to remain true to the lore and the continuity, whatever that might be, it's still strong among fans, both new and old to the series. So, you know, reflecting on that, I kind of was wondering, you know, um, I have certain emotions, I have certain feelings and um, thoughts when I'm being told, hey, we're going back to this new area. And I was wondering, you know, what what about you guys? You know, we're, when, we're, when we're told by a game company that we're going back to a place we haven't seen for a very long time in a new game, in an all-new game. What are some of the things that we, do we think about? How does this usually make us feel, either with respect to uh, Elder Scrolls or just in general? It's, um, let's start with let's start with Mike on this. Well, I know, like when we went to Riften and the, the ESO first dropped, I was incredibly critical of like everything. You know, because and it's the same way with um, uh, Anvil coming out in about five to six months. That, you know, in the lore, there's certain aspects of things that um, we know should not should not be there at that point in time. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's always that critical eye of, you know, yes, it is a game and it is an MMO and, you know, it has to meet certain standards. Uh, for you know enjoyable gameplay but what we don't want to see is a cut and paste from an older a different time point uh, and things that shouldn't be there to be there so we got to remember that Daggerfall here Elder Scrolls 2 takes place after the events in uh, Elder Scrolls Online so you know you would not want to find uh, things that are going to be part of the third era in Elder Scroll in ESO. So, you know, if we know that things are going to be ruined or in ruins, then we would expect them to be in ruins. If things haven't been built yet, because they're not built until the third era, then we really don't want to be seeing those, you know, redeployed in the game. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, as I was complaining a couple weeks ago about Castle Anvil, it's not supposed to be built. It's supposed to be, you know, a pirate cove, you know, maybe, you know, some shanty huts and you know, wooden structures. It better not be this yeah. beautiful stone castle work. <laughs> that was yeah. when we um, we were, you know, uh, talking about um, the Gold Coast. Yeah, coming to Elder Scrolls Online and Anvil being a part of that. Yeah, so, you know, so there's things that, you know, I, I've been really impressed with what they have done with Orsinium, that it doesn't seem, you know, I also don't have the 
the depth of knowledge having played Daggerfall um, to really get a feel for what you know Orsinium looked like in this game um, versus you know like um, Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion or uh, Skyrim or even Morrowind where I've you know been all over the place there um, you know to see you know that kind of stuff so it's like you know if, if they were to release Solstein or not Solstein um, Vardenfeld you know we would not expect to see New Ebonheart there mm-hmm. because New Ebonheart's a third era uh, construct the Imperial Fort there so it's things like that you know that uh, you know really the consistency has to be there I, I, I yeah I I tend to agree that that's how pretty much everybody feels you know I think there's there's you get like a <clears throat> um, like a half and half sort of a double-edged sword kind of feeling like yes I'm totally excited like we're gonna see this place we haven't seen in any modern form of technology um, and and we're gonna see it again it's gonna be really cool but then you, you, you sit with that for a second and you're like uh, you know when we were there 20 years ago it, it it is what it is. You know, I built it up to be something in my head. You know, uh, I'm going to be really disappointed if the developers don't meet and exceed what I've built it up in my head. Yeah. yeah. And, and God forbid, like, they... And I'm, I'm speaking in general terms, not not with just, you know, Zoss and Bethesda here, but you know, I think, generally speaking, gamers kind of say to themselves, like, God forbid if they just tread all over the lore that's been established for many years... Yeah, yes. it's going to be an issue. Um, I mean, you know, Stros Mackay from Red. Gar- I mean, so there's a lot of places that you know they have got to be incredibly diligent with. Yeah, definitely. They they definitely have to. And and you know, uh, let's let's pivot over to um, Mark on this one. You know, what? How, how does this make you feel? Um, hey, we're coming back to Arsenium after after 20 years. Now, Arsenium being. The the uh, overwhelming success that it is, it's 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 been you know very very it's been handled very well. It's very good, uh, but just in general, how how do you feel, Mark? Well, generally, when when I hear we're going back to something, I generally do get sort of apprehensive about it because, yeah, I mean, you have this nostalgia built up in your head, or in some cases, you know, it it truly is that. Uh, you know, like you've played it recently and you know for a fact it definitely is as great. It's not just nostalgia goggles. With with something like Orsinium, uh, we only really go to see one fortress in the entire thing. And so when they said we're going to, to Orsinium for the DLC, I hadn't, I wasn't concerned about that because they really just had a very basic framework to fill in so i wasn't overly worried about in in this case i'm to be honest a bit more a bit more apprehensive about doing the gold coast for the dark brotherhood mission than i am for than when we went in yeah sorry no it is no it is dark brother you're right thieves guild is going to be um the um, bay or the yeah now that's interesting now now why do you say that well when you've got something like Orsinium, in Daggerfall, it was just a single fortress. There was just procedurally generated land all about it. It was a very plain, you know, 
Daggerfall-esque dungeon without a huge amount of ornamentation or anything. So, when it comes down to, do you want to spend your, t- uh, you know, wh- when you go back to that, you're basically going to a place that shares the same name and that does have a a lot of lore behind it, but it's not lore that's been fleshed out and it's just mostly name recognition. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to look at Orsinium itself and say that this place is completely unique and filled with tons and tons of memorable moments and characters. Not not when we're talking about Daggerfall, at least. Mm. There's one named Orc, and, you know, other than being a very interesting guy, as we will see when we're going through the history and through the some of the books that Mike's going to go into... Um, they're still just they were you just end up the entire time just adding to and fleshing out you're not they didn't really need to be concerned about um about stomping on on toes that they might get if they try to do Vardenfell or when they try and do uh the golden coast so okay. it's it's that sort of i guess when you're going back it's sort of how much time did we spend there in the first place? I think that's sort of the question. Yeah. I'd say it's an interesting way of, of putting at it. <clears throat> putting uh, of, of looking at it, I'd, I'd say. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, one way or the other... Um, a lot of times when when it comes to when it comes to lore and it comes to games you know the companies just they never get it right um you know i i think the lower your expectations are on something like that the better off you're going to be i think honestly what you what you should be concerned the most about is you know is this going to be fun is this going to play well and you know um being vocal with with the game company on d- if they did it right or what what the expectations are is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And for for uh, for developers who who may or may not be listening, um, you know, it's extremely important, you know, to be listening to that feedback because it, you know, obviously that's that's your base and um, that's kind of. Uh, <laughs> No, those are the people that are already sold on on the product you're making. So, yeah, you can. Tr- it is important that it be respectfully vocal, though. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think I would like to say that goes without saying, but I'm glad you brought that up because it does need to be said. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess, like in short, what I'm trying to say is that there are there are a lot of people, and they're not necessarily all vocal, that just because the gameplay is a lot of fun in something, if you go back. To a, a new place in a game. If you go back to an old place in a game that's handled in a new way, it should be done um, in in such a way where the gameplay is fun, the lore is upheld, and there's a reason to go back. No one wants to unearth a dinosaur bone that means nothing to nobody. Yes. If you're gonna go back to Arsenium, have a really good reason, and there is. You know, if we're gonna go back to you know, certain places in Elder Scrolls have a reason to go back. And not like some concocted, like, you know, okay, well, here's a good story. Like, 
it needs to resonate for a long time thereafter as well. Yeah, especially when you consider how much of Tamriel is not been explored in other games. That uh, there's so much space that they could use without having to worry about, oh, are we going to piss off our, 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 you know, our fan base? Um, so, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a fine line to walk. That you want to have some nostalgia and feeling of going back and playing some of these games. But you also want to make sure that, you know, that you don't just screw everything up for everybody. Yeah, I, I think so. I think one big mental check that developers should have on themselves when considering, you know, going back. Uh, like Dragon Age is a fantastic example um, because it's it's uh, it's it's a fairly new IP, especially in you know stacked up against Elder Scrolls. But um, it's old enough where it has crazy fans. You know, insane, insane, uh, insane. You know, fans that are like you know they 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 you know, love the IP in, um, in that way. Crazy amount of fans. Um, and they've got a lot of lore based on, on that, that air on that, uh, on, in that universe. You know, we've seen lots of different places in, in that game and there needs to be a reason. If you're going to go back, got to have a reason to go back. Um, okay. it's gotta be, it's gotta be relevant. But, you know, to give an idea, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, Mark and myself, uh, with 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons and what happened to um, uh, Faerun. Yes. And the reboot in uh, version 5, uh, you know, as to, you know, pretty much saying, okay, version 4 completely suck. Everything happened there is false. Yeah. You know? mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can't take, you know, with some of these things, you can't take it back, so... And that's and that's very true. You know, no one wants to see a a, a a waste of a waste of an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, whether it's it's Mass Effect or Dragon Age or Elder Scrolls or The Legend of Zelda, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go back to an area, don't waste that opportunity. It's got to be a fantastic uh, reason. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. We're in Orsinium, by the way, and I, one of the things that I find funny about this place is there's no orcs. Those aren't orcs that are grow- glowing green. <laughs> no. <laughs> this 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 dude's definitely a Nord. This guy here. Yeah, it looks like the Bretons did their job Breton. good then. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no orcs here. Like Mark, what's up with that? Where where should I be? Well, unfortunately, yeah. You're I, I, again. I thought you could be in the stronghold, but apparently you can't. So, barring us going wandering around in the woods until we track it down, um. Yeah, um... The general store. (laughs) Here's the general store. Here's an old guy. Let's talk to him. Evegel's taking my dearest Abby Buckington away from me and demanding a ransom. I need someone to bring my lover back to me any way they can, please. Will you help me? No. Well, go screw yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You can go to hell. I wish my cold bed upon you. <laughs> uh, yeah. No Orsinium. Well, let's cover some of the history of Orsinium while we try and find Orsinium. How about yeah. that? Uh, Good idea. Graveyards or anything you can go to? Yeah. So, uh, as part of the history of section, we're going to cover it in two uh, the two episodes. Because when I was doing this, uh, I got up to way too many pages worth of reading and felt that, you know, 
the show would be five hours long otherwise. So uh, we're going to break it uh, first era, second part of second era, and then we'll cover the second and third and fourth era next uh, episode. So Orsinium, the land of the pariah folk. So my first experience with the Orcs and Elder Scrolls comes from one of the first books that I actually read, Orsinium and the Orcs, how Orsinium passed to the Orcs. And it talks about one of the more recent uh, incarnations of the Orc homeland. And we're actually going to have a whole bunch of reading off of that in the next episode. My second interaction with the Orcs of Skyrim was in Dusknook Yal Stronghold in the Reach. I approached it and was threatened that, uh, yeah, go away. You're not an Orc. We don't want you here. So then my next one was at the College of Winterhold. Go to the library and being threatened if I touch his books that he's going to break my arms. So, uh, yeah, not too amiable uh, an introduction into the orcs uh, in Elder Scrolls universe. No. Um, You know, and I'm sitting here looking at it going, okay, the orcs in Dungeons and Dragons have always been bad guys. The orcs in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, bad guys. Orcs in Skyrim, pissing me off. They have to be bad guys. (laughs) I feel like we're getting an insight into, into you here. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start with uh, the Wild Regions, and we'll go back to the beginning of when the Orc homeland was first founded. The Wild Regions, Orsinium, the Imperial Geographical Society. Literally, Orsinium means Orc Town in early Aldmeris. The Goblin Ken, Orcs, Ogres, Gremlins, and other beast folk that live in Orsinium favor the Elvish name for their settlement. For it suggests, at least to human ears, a glorious and beautiful fortress city instead of the squalid and filth-ridden village and keep that it is. It was founded during the Cameron dynasty when hundreds of beastmen were set free by the rulers of Somerset Isles and allowed to settle north lands north of Valenwood. These orcish tribes chose an uninhabited mountain region near Old Haradrin in High Rock. For their people were and most still are, dependent on a rare, scraggly, giant centipede herd beast that can live only at high altitudes on alpine or subalpine forage. Orsinium did possess considerable strength during the First Era, when Orcish refugees fleeing the Regatta invasion of Hammerfeld joined the Beastman army already gathering there. This army was determined to take control of the Bolze River and forced the kingdom of Wayrest to pay Orsinium regularly for its use. Other powers of the area rose to confront the orcs, principally the Yakutan Order of Dagana and the chieftain kings of early Daggerfall. The siege of Orsinium lasted 30 years and ended in its ruin. Orsinium br- briefly became an imperial territory under the Akaveri Potentate, though this ended with the death of Savran Chorak in the Common Era 431. The Orcs have recently petitioned the new Emperor to grant them a similar status, but Tiber Septim is famous for his hatred of their kind, and has yet to bestow the Beast Folk good answer. Well, two things there. Um, One, it's interesting to see the comment on a rare shaggy giant centipede herd beast, because that's the Achatair that we find that we actually see in ESO. I was I was going to ask that actually. I didn't want to interrupt Mike, but um, yeah, that that's what I was wondering. So that's that's the Achatair. Yeah, that's that's where they took the idea for them from. Yeah, the, not the, quite the, uh, 
centipede herd spider creature thing that it is that rams itself. <laughs> you, you have to love spider bison. Yeah, spider bison. Yeah, heard it here first on classic folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, lo- I love the last part there. But Tiber Septim is famous for his hatred of their kind. So I'm in good company. Well, but, well, uh, then again, we also know that Tiber Septim has uh, orcs who are related to him by blood. So he can't hate them that much. Well, it doesn't mean that he actually directly made those children. He would that smite them. True. He's a god on high. Sweet baby, tell us. <laughs> 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 okay, terrific. <laughs> All I can think of now is, uh, was it Ricky Bobby there? You know, where they're praying to sweet baby, to the sweet baby Jesus. They like him better than the other one. <laughs> sweet pat, sweet baby, ten, ten pat, eleven ass baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So go ahead, Mike, go ahead. Okay, so the Pocket Guide to the Emperor, the third edition. The Orc homeland of Orsinium has had a troubled history. Indeed, for most of the past 2,000 years, Orsinium has existed only in the dreams of the Orc people. High in the mountains, far from their enemies, the Orc chieftain Toregro Igran brought his people together. A few huts grew into more permanent structures as word spread to the far-flung Orcs of Tamriel that there was a civilization on the rise that would welcome them from their wandering. If the myth of Mulak is to be believed, the orcs or Orsimer had been pariah of the lands for 200 years. And if it is not true, their destitution was no longer. The dream of Orsinium was too beautiful not to be sought. It is impossible to achieve an objective look at the reality of the first Orsinium. The Chronicles of the Time paint a picture of a fortress ruled by savage law, leading to raids on its neighbors along the Bolshei River. According to Orc historians, though, it was a utopia, a peaceful land of agriculture and commerce. The truth is likely somewhere in between, but all written and archaeological evidence was destroyed by the siege of Orsinium. For 30 years, a joint military force of Daggerfall, Sentinel, and the Ansei Order of Dagana attempted to breach the seemingly impenetrable walls of Tureg Gro Igron's fortress kingdom. In the first year, in 980, they succeeded, annihilating all who lived within, scattering the stones into dust. The Orsimer exodus was long and particularly delirious, deleterious for the character of its people. They had never been well regarded by the other inhabitants of Tamriel, but now, with no hope, they became little more than monsters. Hmm. So this next book here really shows you just how far this is spread. Uh, so a little bit of background. The next book is The Poison Song, and it talks about uh, the heir to the sixth house of um, Morrowind, so uh, Dagother's uh, inheritance. And uh, it's a three-book three book series, I believe. Uh, yeah, but uh, the first book talks about Tay and him growing up uh, in on this island. And so we're going to see uh, Tay and his childhood friends here and what they think of orcs. So how tiresome you are with all this, Tay, said Berena after luncheon the summer of his eighth year. He, she, and a younger cousin, Vaster, walked into a clearing in the midst of flowering trees. The grass was very low, barely up to their ankles, and there were 
big black piles of leaves from the previous autumn. Now, shall we get back to it? What shall we play? Tay thought for a moment. We could play the Siege of Orsinium. What's that? asked Baster, their constant companion. <laughs> oh, Three can years we? <laughs> Orsinium was the home of the orcs, off in the Rathgarian Mountains. For hundreds of years, it kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. The orcs would come down out of the mountains and rape and pillage all over High Rock. Great oh words my. for an eight-year-old. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And, then King, and then King Jolie of Daggerfall and Gadian Shinji of the Order of Daigana and someone else, I forget, from Sentinel all joined together against Orsinium. And for 30 years, they fought and fought. Orsinium had walls made out of iron and try as they might, they couldn't break through. Does that sound familiar to you, Farwin? I was just going to bring it up. That's the the Gaiden Shinji uh, uh, character. That was uh, part of a quest that you and I did in Orsinium together. Now, oh, in yeah. all of Tamriel, now listen to this, okay? In all of Tamriel, you know, do you ever run into anybody else that you know of? No. Usually, if you want to group together, you, you get a hold of each other through TeamSpeak or oh. through you know, things, and you say, hey, Avarwin, let's go do something. Okay, you know, we'll go do something. Oh, no, not me and Avarwin. No. I walk into this cave, and there's this guy standing there. It looks like he's talking to himself, and I look, scroll past him, and it's Avarwin. <laughs> I'm like, in all of Tamriel, how the hell, you know, on my vacation do I run into Avarwin in a cave? In a cave. You know? Yeah. Without like pre-planning, like, hey, let's meet up. No, it was just like completely random. Like we randomly ran into each other in in or in in a, in a cave in Orsinium, and Mike's like, "Oh, hey, man!" And I turn around, I'm like, there he is. I'm like, "Oh, hey!" I'm like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just doing this quest." And and you know, so there was a little bit of a catch-up that we had to do, but it ended up being the uh, which is an amazing quest, by the way. Speaking of, oh, Ors- isn't it though? That's, no, that's one of my favorites in Orsinium. It was yeah, really good quest uh, to find out who's buried there. Yeah. 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 So go and ahead, Mike. The the funny thing is though, um everything Gaiden Shinji is actually mentioned in the Daggerfall Chronicles. Like basically he has been a character that's been connected to this series since way back in the beginning. Yeah, I'd like to actually have learned more about him because this is the first time I had seen him. And then as we're doing this uh this episode as I'm planning for this, his name kept coming up and I'm like this is really cool. Who is this guy? Yeah. Oh. And when you play it in in the uh, in the game, <clears throat> he's 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 a badass. <laughs> he's a yeah. really cool guy. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, please continue, Mike. Okay. So what happened, S. Bayana? You're so good at making things up that never happened. Why don't you make it up? So they did. <laughs> Tay was the king of the orcs, perched up in a tree artist. called Orsinium. <laughs> Bayana and Vasper played King Jolie and Gaiden Shinji, and they threw pebbles and sticks up at Tay, while he taunted them in his most guttural voice. The three decided that the the goddess Kinnereth, played by Bayana, a dual role, answered the prayers of Gaiden Shinji and drenched Orsinium in a torrent of rain. The walls rested and dissolved. On cue, Tay obligingly fell from the tree and let King Jolie and Gaiden Shinji mangle him with their enchanted blades. So even the children, you know, don't really care for the orcs. Oh, I wonder why. They're being raised <laughs> as racists. <laughs> and then we come to one of my well, favorite... I believe the Dark Elves, so yeah, yes. they would be racist. Then we come to one of my favorite books about the orcs. Anybody want to take a guess? Um, The story of when Orsinium got sacked. 
No, the pig children. <laughs> a book that is banned in the Daggerfall Covenant. Which is hilarious because I don't know if you guys have ever seen the machinima, um, the um, senior scribbles. So there's one episode where um, you're the, you're talking to uh, Preventus, and um, he's talking about uh, the Jarl's kids there up in Dragon Reach. And he's like, you know, your son's causing problems. He's calling all of the little orc children pig children. <laughs> and then when I found the book, I was cracking up. <laughs> so it's by Tyson Bain. No one, not the oldest dark elf of Mount Dagat Earth or the ancient sage of solitude. No one can recall a time when the orcs did not ravage our fair Tamriel. Whatever foul and pestilent Daedra of oblivion conjured them, could scarcely have created a more consistent threat to the well-being of the civilized races of Tamriel. Tales of orcish barbary precede written record. When Jankska wrote of the Order of Dagana, joining the armies of Daggerfall and Sentinel to hold the wicked orcs in their foul Orsinium Tower and burn it all. In the first era, 950, she assumed that any reader would be aware of the savagery of the orcs. When the siege was completed 30 years later, after the death of many heroes, including Gaiden Shinji, and the destruction of Orsinium scattered the orc survivors throughout the Rothgarian mountains, Jaskana wrote, The people rejoice, for their ancient enemy was dispersed. Obviously, the orcs had been terrorizing the region of the Iliac Bay for at, at least since the early years of the First Era. Okay, so we're done with the first era, and we're going to move to a more contemporary time and the founding of the second city of city of Orsinium. And uh, so we're going to move to the book, The Chronicles of King Kurag, Book Six, by Zephyr Frey. It was obvious that Kurag had given the topic much thought since we had last discussed it. In addition to just making life better for the Orsimer, now he also wanted to elevate his people on political level as well. The other kingdoms will never take us seriously as long as we remain trapped in our old traditions, he said. A trace of bitterness evident in his voice. We must develop a modern society if we were ever to stand shoulder to shoulder with the other races as equals. We need to build Orsimer towers in cities that can sustain diplomacy and trade while not looking like ancient and restrictive fortresses. A little fear in your contemporaries is all well and good. I find that it helps immensely in negotiations. But attitudes and mannerisms that invoke terror, those should be locked away and reserved for your enemies, not left on constant display to frighten friends and foe alike. It was my final day in Elsewhere, and I was preparing to return to Wayrest after what I had assumed was going to be my last extensive stay in the Khajiit's countryside, when Kurag invited me to join him for dinner. He had reserved a private room at the local inn and paid the establishment's chef to prepare a farewell feast for the two of us to share. We munched on dried sugar meat and caramelized sweet cake. Kurag picked up one of his ongoing narratives on how he was going to return home and help his people. I plan to rebuild our past glory, perhaps to reestablish Yashnag's ancient Orsimer kingdom in Falkreath, or maybe even rising the ruins of Orsimer itself. So after reading that, the first thing I said is, wait, wait, who's this Yashnag and why are we in the kingdom of Falkreath? <laughs> so then I had to do some more digging. Right, right. And so you start going down a rabbit's hole. Oh, it doesn't and stop, does it? 
No. So I found a book called The Orcs of Skyrim by the author Thora Farwanderer. Few Jarls can afford to defend piles of rock for more than a few years. Thus, the orc strongholds remain a pox on our land. Some strongholds have persisted in this way for hundreds, if not thousands of years. It is said that the ancient orc stronghold of Cradle Crush in Eastmarch has never been taken by force or abandoned, despite the complex exhaustion of the mineral vein it sits on. The height of orcish power in Skyrim came with the establishment of Yashnag's chiefdom in the early Second Era. With the destruction of Orsinium by the combined Breton and Redguard forces, the orcs were scattered across the north in a great exodus. Yashnag and his people, exiled from High Rock, fled east to reclaim lands in Skyrim they felt were theirs by ancient right. The king of West Skyrim, Starkov, yeah, Svartar, I have no idea. It's a lot <laughs> of continents altogether. Just power through it. <laughs> <laughs> was ineffective at holding back the orcs and the reachmen that plagued the West Kingdom during his rule. The chiefdom was a bane upon the Western Falkreek for more than 30 years, until it was burned out by Hyakvild Yashnag Slayer in the year 467 of the Second Era. Harkvald became Jarl of Falkreath when Yashnag killed his father on the field of battle. The young Jarl inherited more than a crumbling hold largely occupied by Orcish invaders from the west. It is said that Harkvald challenged Yashnag and a host of Yashnag's Orcs champions to a ritual trial by combat. He defeated each in turn. How Harkvald learned of the obscure orcish ritual is not known but with their leader's defeat yashnag's followers abandoned their chiefdom with the destruction of the chiefdom the orcs scattered further into skyrim or back into the mountains of rothgar orc clans descended from yashnag's people have an intense hatred of the kings of skyrim it is ironic that this enemy for the nords has grown even as the orcs themselves have re-established ties with the people of Western Tamriel that burned their home hundreds of years ago. So, just to give everybody an idea, ESO starts in the second era, 583. So, you know, right now, all of the events that we've talked about are all preceding the start of ESO. And we will come back to more history as it's expelled in some of our tomes uh, next time. And we can learn about what happens in the second, into the second era and the third era. All right. <clears throat> um, next episode, we're uh, we're obviously going to be in Orsinium in Elder Scrolls Online, where we're we're going to dive a little a little deeper into that. But um, while we're talking about lore and, and history, uh, let's take a little bit. Let's take a little look at what the orcs have meant to to the series. As a whole, in the Sonarist archives, with with uh, with Mark. Well, not a problem. So, of course, orcs have been in the series since forever. I mean, it, it's a fantasy series. Of course, when you open up the first game in Arena, you actually find orcs. They're enemies. They're they are the quintessential uh, enemy for enemy grunt in a fantasy game. And once we actually then got into Daggerfall, we, as the rest of the world changed, the way that they were being um, presented changed as well. I mean, when when you think of the 
archetypical orc. It's this evil, savage, barbarian brute that's just going to tear and pillage and destroy and burn because it feels like it at that moment. Mm. You know, there's there's no conscience. There's no uh, morality. It's just rip and burn and tear and chaotic evil all the way. Right. But Daggerfall comes around and you have Gortwog. The uh, the ruler of Orsinium, and he's an interesting character because there's a book in uh, that you that you can find in later games called in Morrowind on called How Orsinium Passed to the Orcs. I'm sure more uh, Mike will give us a more in depth look at that book uh, next week if if he yep. has time. But the the thing that happens in that book is that Gortwog. Ga- at the time of um he cheated of yeah, well, not really um <laughs> basically but at the time of uh Daggerfall the reason that area is cornered off uh, as Orsinium area is it isn't a recognized province or uh state it's a piece of land that Gortwog has taken rulership over uh there are humans there because up until that point it had been a human Breton land with a human Breton ruler. And Gortwag didn't take it by force. He went to the courts of Wayrest and of High Rock and said basically, look, this land is mine by right of birth, by right of heritage. Here's all the providing documents that show that I have uh, have legal rights to this land. Da-da-da-da-da. And he Look proved, at my tusks. <laughs> yeah, look at my tusks. <laughs> and he actually proved through the high Bre- the Breton legal system that Orsinium was his by rights. And basically he he ended up having to fight one challenge with the man who who currently ha- held those land rights. But Gortwag took the entire area as his own without dr- uh, spilling a drop of blood. And that's a very interesting portrayal of orcs. They're no longer vicious brutes that think only of whatever, you know, doing what they feel like doing in the moment. This is a man who, who planned, who was very careful in his, in his approach to things, and who avoided combat where it wasn't necessary. Uh, you later find out that he's not a great guy. He is. He actually helped in the murder of King Lysandus. Spoilers on a 20-year-old game. Um, Come on, Mark! Jeez! And basically, like he, he helped that, and he kept information that he could use to blackmail the person that basically hired him to do that. But all of that was actually then part of his attempt to gather enough political backing from the other rulers around the bay that he could go to the emperor and say, I want Orsinium to be recognized as a full imperial province. In fact, if when you complete Daggerfall, if you've chosen to give control of Numidium over to Gortwag, he doesn't try to take over the, over the world with it. He forces the Empire to recognize Dorsinium as a piece of the Empire. Okay. So, again, like, this is not the, the 
the savage murderous beasts that sweet baby Talos help us. <laughs> <laughs> this this was where the long lie was written down, huh, Mike? Yep. Yep. And it, it it's actually it's actually funny because in my last Daggerfall stream, something happened that created a very interesting story. That was all because the random generator picked a couple of things that technically were complete glitches and it shouldn't have done. Um, my character was doing a quest for the, the Temple of Xenathar. Uh, called the Temple of Zen for some reason in this game. Mm, I've but, noticed. <laughs> pardon? I've noticed, yeah. I, I, whenever I like ask a person, you know, hey, what's going on? Like... Where do you want to? What do you want to know? Location. Uh, I'm just scrolling through the list, and you know, Temple of uh, Zen is is there. It's funny. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's all Zen. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I was doing something with that, and the uh, the priest I was talking to said that there's a child who's been possessed, and uh, I would like your help in in basically finding a way to cure her. So, Okay, I'll I'll give that a shot. Okay, go here and go speak to the child's guardian, and then go sp if you feel that the child is possessed, then go over to here and talk to the this exorcist, and they'll give you something to go back and cure the child with. Fair enough. Is it the rueful axe. <laughs> uh, you know, I was wondering why the dog was saying that I should come with him. <laughs> so, uh. The thing is, the game gave me six days to do this, and I thought, okay, well, that's not going to be a problem. Except for then, when I went to go went, it was all the way across the rest of the uh, of the area. I was in Daggerfall; it was straight across the uh, the map. And even at reckless and like basically as fast as I could fast travel, it would take me five days to get there. And the next way way waypoint that I had to hit to get to the actual exorcist was another three days away from there. So the quest was uncompletable. But I went in to go see, okay, who was the, you know, the guardian before moving on to see exactly where the exorcist was. And there in the center of the room of, an, of a crowded inn was an orc. Now, it in... One of our tweets announcing that we were doing this, there was a picture of an orc. He's shirtless, standing there, hands on his hips. You know. Big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the, the game red drape. Had Sorry? With the red drape. Yep. The game had decided to use that character model. So all of a sudden, you had an orc that was the guardian of a Breton child who was afraid that the child was possessed, and the temple didn't care enough to actually give me the time needed to complete the task. <laughs> so it was an inter suddenly an interesting little story of just how poorly the orcs are treated, and just you know of this of this man trying to protect his his ward despite people not being willing to help him, or only giving token appearance that they tried to do something frustrating for you too if you're trying to complete the quest oh yeah no it was it was very frustrating but it was it was just a neat little thing where the random you know the random quest generator just came up with something that had a story behind it that wasn't necessary that definitely wasn't actually there you're reading too much into it man oh yeah but it was still kind of cool 
<laughs> so, moving along, the Morrowind game, comes The in. game was seeking to oppress orcs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mike was a programmer? <laughs> uh, maybe in a former life. Uh, okay, so we, we move on to Morrowind. And this is the game where orcs actually become playable characters. They're no longer just savage enemies. Like, they're savage enemies. But they're also characters you just see in towns and talk with and get quests from. But you too can be a savage enemy if you play you Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. And of course, this being an Elder Scrolls game, if you want to then go and live in the woods and murder travelers, you're more than welcome to. Be a, a, a murder hobo, as you like to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's just being a, ge- a general adventurer. <laughs> I'm Ooglish. Murder hobo orc. <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> Let me stick it to you with a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, murder hobos. <laughs> so, uh, when we basically the, the game started to add to the lore, it actually added the idea that Gortwog got Orsinium through um, legal means as opposed to conquest. Um, it didn't address what had happened with the ending of Daggerfall. Uh, that didn't occur until Oblivion. Uh, but basically, the because of the warp in the West, the miracle of peace from uh, having every single one of Daggerfall's endings all be canon, uh, Gortwog was a, wasn't able to force a full recognition of Orsinium, but he was able to get the Empire to actually give a serious review to whether or not Orsinium would be considered for provincial status. Now, I think that, that that at the time that Oblivion comes out, it's been like 15, 20 years between Daggerfall and Oblivion. So that status is not coming anytime soon by the looks, looks of it. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. So um, when we get to Oblivion, though, the province is, or the theoretical province, is called Orsinium, but more, it's more officially known as Nova Orsinium. And it's interesting because... Drop a Nova on Orsinium. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to be sure. <laughs> um, it's interesting because according to the... I think it's the third edition guide to the Empire. Um, that came, uh, Yeah, about that. Uh, third edition guide to the Empire or so. Uh, you actually have Gortwog attempting to convert the orcs into the worship of Trinimac as their new god for in Nova Orsinium and this is causing problems among the tribes of orcs now anyone that's played uh, the Rothgar DLC for ESO knows that's also going on in Rothgar hmm yep. okay so, these Malakath worshippers do not like the concept of Trinimac Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. Uh, <clears throat> they're um, they're not traditionalists in that way. So I just thought it was very interesting that ESO decided to take this this conflict that was brewing in um, plot hooks they laid down for the third era and sort of revisit them a bit back in the second era. Maybe you this know, causes I, the downfall of Orsinium in the second era. In a way, yeah, they do. Yeah, it does. I, I don't know if either of you have completed the quest line for Arsinium. Not yet. 
Oh, you'll you'll see where it goes, but it's it's very interesting. I'm still uh, raining havoc all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Are you even able to get near towns anymore? Yes, after that first, you know, that first one, I've been much better. <laughs> I don't talk to the orcs anymore. <laughs> you, you've been able to keep the the constantly boiling rage to a, a bear simmer. Yeah, as long as I don't have to talk to an orc, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to be really sad when you try to do the main quest line. <laughs> It'll take me a month and a half. I'm <laughs> just waiting for bounties to come down. <laughs> so, uh, then when we get to Skyrim, of course, Orsinium has been destroyed again. Again. The, you know, Bretons and uh, Redguards, they, they've got bad habits with this. It's almost like a run-on joke at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like eating potato chips. Once you sack Orsinium once, you just can't stop. <laughs> you can't sack it just once. <laughs> the fourth sacking of Orsinium brought to you by Doritos and Lay's potato chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, um, you know, they've been destroyed. And then for the first time, we actually got to see orc settlements in Skyrim and actually, or, you know, what an orc settlement looks like and actually begin to learn about how their social structure works, how. They introduce the idea that only the chieftain has wives. They introduce the idea that wives have a specific position, like the forge wife or the hearth wife, the shield wife, shield wife, yeah. that type of thing. And it was just—it was very interesting that despite this game being very much based on the Nords, they really took the opportunity to flesh out who the orcs were as a unique people in a way that I felt they didn't do in Morrowind or in. Oblivion. So, yeah, that's, you know, they've, they've changed a lot. And, like, with ESO, of course, we've seen even further uh, changes to how they've been done. And now that, you know, Rothgar has dropped, a whole bunch of lore has been just completely been dumped that, frankly, I'm still trying to troll through and uh, absorb. Yeah, they've gone from looking like, you know, Potato Head Shreshes, sh- yeah, or Shrek, uh, Shrek there, uh, the, the, the ogre. <laughs> potato Head know. Shreks. Yeah, to, uh, you know, some of them actually, you know, to, to quote a Varwin there, she was pretty hot for an orc. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, there's nothing sexier than uh, having your tooth pierced. <laughs> 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 All right, so... I'm looking. I'm looking for the location here of Orsinium, and they're saying that it's it's here in the Orsinium area, but I must have to like unlock it for some reason because I'm not finding yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's unlocked as part of a quest. I could have sworn that I'd gone and checked it out a couple of months ago, and you could just go straight there, but I must have been wrong. Yeah, it's saying its main location is by Retri. A quest over there. See what's going on. Anyway, yeah. The, well, that's that's pretty much, you know, pretty much for me. It's pretty much that's pretty much where it is, huh? Yep. All right. Um, let me just take a like pan across over here. See if I, I see anything. I don't know, I'll just I guess I'll just walk around over here in, in this town of Retri. 
So we can find it there. Um, all right, folks. So so uh, here comes the most exciting and fastest uh, portion of our show. Fast question of the week. Here's a quick fun one, guys. If you were to roll an orc. In any Elder Scrolls game, what game would it be and how would you play he or she? Mike. Uh, Oblivion, I think. Okay. Because <laughs> they're the ugliest of all of them. <laughs> all right. Okay. And and how how would you play that orc? What would you do? Uh, traditional orc style, rampage and pillage. Okay. Like, would you use like a sword and shield, a two-handed sword, two-handed? Oh, it would have to be like a two-handed like mace or uh, axe. And literally, you know, walk into a store and just start killing everybody and taking what I want. Yeah. Um. Okay, Mark. When those stupid guards come up to me. Uh, I actually did that uh, in Skyrim. Uh, made an orc. I made the character a um, a uh, former imperial. The idea was a former imperial soldier, and just sword and board the whole way, and constantly going into battle rage. It's really cool. Your entire screen goes red. That's cool. <laughs> That's the blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally a Warcraft ripoff right there, though. Yeah. I, well, I then again, just again, orcs are usually considered bloodthirsty, raging monsters. So right, right. I would say if I'm gonna play it seriously, um, I would probably want to play it in Skyrim just because it's a much more modern game and I don't have to worry about you know controls and whatnot um, and, and systems but if I really wanted like the true orc feel I would either I would probably roll it in Morrowind so I get um, the the uh, so so I know for sure like I'm playing a true orc that's bound to its race bound to its class you know I, the, the the classes uh i think um i think in in marwin like certain certain classes existed for certain races and not for others um don't quote me on that I'm not 100 percent sure it's been a while since i played it but like i would want like all of the racial like benefits and um negatives for the race and I would, I would do like what you were saying, Mike. Two-handed axe and just go out there and and just be the the dumbest brute that I could. <laughs> Big old bloodthirsty orc, just for fun. Well, we did do that one um, that one uh, guild event where we ran to Shornheld there, and we all had to to make orcs. You and I both made pretty much the same looking orc. Yeah. Red hair, green skin. As fat as it could be. <laughs> Ugliest possibly could make it. Okay. And, um... Okay, so that, that was good. I like that one. I thought that was, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah. We're going to end off our show with uh, with this email. Uh, uh, Mike, would you mind? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so, I started listening to your podcast about a month ago because I love the Elder Scrolls universe and wanted to hear how others talked about it. I love the classic Elder Scrolls show and have listened to them while playing Skyrim. But then you got me thinking about my first Elder Scrolls love, 
Morrowind. I dug out my Xbox. I played it on when it came out. Yes, I still have it, and it still works. That's really surprising right there. Oh, yeah. I started a new character, a Nord Warrior. At about level 7, I accidentally ran into a Daedric Ruin called Slash Pilmat. I have no idea. While on a quest to Norstems, and ran face first into an orc wearing full orc armor. Somehow I defeated him. Might have been, though, although fully armored, he didn't have a weapon. And in one fell swoop, I tripled my armor rating. Thank you for reminding me of my love for Morrowind. Raven McKenzie. Oh, hey, you know, that's what we do here at Classic. We, uh... I, I think one of the... One of the things about about um, about this show, the reason why you know we started doing classic Elder Scrolls, is because people go on and on and on about their their love affair with the brand new game, whatever that is. And at the time when we launched, it was just it was just Skyrim. Um, and, and I think people forget that there's every game in the series is fantastic. Uh, it may be aging and have old systems that are are difficult to to deal with uh, because we're spoiled by technology and and hand holding. But the fact is, is that if you can get it to run on your computer, these games are absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, I think sometimes it just it just takes a little a little displaying of that, you know, like let's. Let's sit down with this game. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the lore. Let's let's show it to people on YouTube. You know, let's let's have a conversation about it on the podcast. And I think that's all it takes sometimes to remind fans um, there's something worth going back to. So, Raven, you're welcome. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you sort of rediscovered an old toy there with with Morrowind. Um, that's how I always feel when I go back to to Skyrim because Skyrim was my first uh, real Elder Scrolls game. Um, despite the fact that I've had experiences in in the others, um, my first my first love uh, in this series was was Skyrim. So I feel that way too when I when I when I launched that after a while. So. Um, Thanks for the email. I appreciate it. Um, Mike uh, and then and then Mark, you guys have anything to, to add? So I think I remember running into this orc when I played Morrowind and ended up being that I, you know, pulled a Liz and exploited the hell out of the game engine because the orc couldn't get a hold of me where I was standing. I managed to get like up on a rock. And so no matter how hard it tried, it couldn't do anything. And so I sat there with like iron arrows for half an hour just going plunk plunk, plunk, until finally it died and I got all of its armor. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, sometimes, you know, some of the little nuances of the older games definitely make for very memorable, um, you know, stories and uh, experiences that you won't get with some of the newer ones. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um... Mark. Pull the Liz, yes. That means I exploited the game, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and as you? a result, was able to get stuff way above your power level. Exactly. Thus breaking the game. Uh, which basically happened in my uh, playthrough in Morrowind 2. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, there's... 
it's great to know that you know we we inspired someone to go back and try out some and remember remember just why they loved it as much as they did. You know, th- this is partly why I'm going back to play Daggerfall. It's just like what as we've been going through it, it's like oh man, I I really miss playing it. And you know, I mean, was it? It's been forever, and was it really as good as I, I as I thought? Because I've been spending so much time in all the other ones, and now going back, I'm finding, yeah, sure, it's it's actually the quests feel deeper than I remember them being, if if anything, which is goofy considering there really isn't uh, that you know they're so randomly generated and don't have a huge amount of meaning plot wise. But you know, like it it feels like a a surprisingly deeper game and it take took coming back to it after so long to really come with, at it with these fresh eyes to see that Absolutely. you know who I feel bad for is all the people who are playing ESO and literally just clicking through all of the text oh god yes because like you know we would you know we ran into that storyline there when Navarro and myself were playing about Gaiden Shinji I had no clue what was going on until I started doing the research for this episode and kept running into his name and, you know, understanding what it was all about. And it's like, wow, all of that. And, you know, this is stuff from as far back as Daggerfall, you know, and it's like, holy cow, how much they built on stuff and how fleshed out and deep these games have become because they build on each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. You know, I think that's probably one of the most exciting things about about the series is that if you spend enough time here, and if you take your, t- it's like, wow, sorry, ma'am, didn't realize you're freaking butt ass naked in there. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, I gotta wait for the stream to catch up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's going to be quite humorous for you. Hold on, here. Oh my. I'm glad we're ending on a uh, on a high note. <laughs> That's better than you trying to take off your armor to find out that you know. <laughs> oh yeah, my revealing dagger, uh, uh, my my revealing red guard moment. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, listen. Final thoughts. Let's start with Mike. Uh, so I think it was a really good episode. I had enjoyed uh, finding out all about uh, the stuff that we uh, we did here and. Uh, you know, can't wait for the second half, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'll stay out of uh, jail long enough, you know, with my uh, DC character after we go into Rothgar. Mm. What about you, Mark? Oh no, great episode, and it's got me really fired up for when we uh, when we head into Rothgar next time. Can't wait to show off some spider bison. Oh, yeah. So so um, I like Daggerfall. I love it. It's it's a fun game. Um, but I'm really looking forward to getting into something contemporary <laughs> because it's a freaking game, man. <laughs> um, are we are we going to do anything with Arena once we're done with this uh, our, our next episode? Do we want to maybe hold off on Arena till after you've done something palate cleansing like Skyrim? Because <laughs> as frustrating as Daggerfall can get. Arena is like a thousand times worse. It is. That's why I actually enjoy Daggerfall. Um, it really plays like it plays like a modern Elder Scrolls game with you know, just you know from from way back when. Um, Arena, it, it kind of plays like a like a book <laughs> thumbing through the, the problem, pages. The problem that I can foresee <laughs> is if we could do Arena, 
having topics to talk about because nothing actually was from Arena. Mm. <laughs> Just listen to Mark when he does his Sonaris for the past, you know, year. Yeah. Uh, and the, Daggerfall. <laughs> the only thing, exactly. The, the only thing I can think of, and I, I thought of this was if we do Arena at any point, I would say maybe one episode. And we. Hey, go ahead. I, I was going to say, say, maybe we should make that number 50. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> 51 then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah, well, we'll consider it. We'll see what's going on. I think episode 50 people are going to be actually expecting something good instead of this swap <laughs> arena. Yeah. <laughs> that arena. Something is. good and Elder Scrolls, which we've established. Right. right. Arena is neither. It is not. Um plus I want to enjoy my time, not not throw my keyboard at my wall. Okay. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. We got a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next week, Elder Scrolls Online. We're in Orsinium. Um, they we're getting we're getting ESOTR involved. Uh, our wonderful guild. Uh, they're they're going to be involved, so they're going to be helping us out. Uh, have fun and explore uh, Rothgar as it pertains to the lore of Orsinium. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Elder Scrolls Off the Record is going to record next week. That's Wednesday, December 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then the next episode of Classic will be Wednesday as well, December 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can always get these episodes and so much more on iTunes, the Stitcher Radio app, as well as QuestGamingNetwork.com and right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, you can watch us live at youtube.com slash Network slash live. Don't forget to follow our hosts on Twitter at uh, Mike is at KDR Mickey. That's K-D-R-M-I-C-K-E-Y. Mark is at Carnegie Wolf. That's C-A-R-N-A-G-A-N-W-O-L-F-E. I'm at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. But more importantly than following me on Twitter, follow us at Elder Scrolls O-T-R. Elder Scrolls OTR. Final goodbyes. Let's start with Mike. I'll be a whole year older next time we talk. Really? Yep. Well, happy birthday. It'll be the day before. Okay. And Liz is screaming, Mike, I want a painting for my birthday. <laughs> uh, how, uh, how, how old are you going to be? Is that, is that appropriate to ask? Um... In my fourth decade plus one. All right. Well, well. Happy birthday, and uh, of course, we'll say happy birthday as well to you on on the show. Uh, final thoughts, Mark. Uh, no. This this was a great show. I uh, had a lot of fun with it. Looking forward to uh, to getting into Arsenium. Um, I'm disappointed in this episode, actually. Uh, you and and. Um, uh, Mike did a fantastic job. The information was great. But I'm really pissed off that I wasn't able to show Orsinium uh, at all on, on this on this stream. I'm really upset by that. So so for our viewers, I am very sorry that maybe this appeared to be a, a bit tedious. Um, hopefully uh, you've enjoyed the, the lore and whatnot. I can't imagine why you would not have enjoyed these, these gentlemen weighing in on the, on the topics that they, they're titans at. So um, once again, my hat off to both... Mike and Mark 
for not not only saving our show but being the uh, the linchpin and the anchors that uh, classic Elder Scrolls relies upon. See, I thought you were mad because you know we didn't actually come to blows over you know our our ideas of what the orcs should be. With me wanting them all dead and you know roasted, and Mark wanting them all saved and cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys coming in the middle, you know. I, I, besides, I, Mike, I think we're going to see uh, see more of that uh, in the next session where you're going to just be re- where it's going to be us trying to show everything off and you trying to hold black back murderous blood rage. Well, especially since my character is a dark elf. Oh. Definitely holding back murderous blood rage. <laughs> hey, uh, YouTube watchers, thank you so much for, for watching. Please subscribe if you have not. Uh, podcast listeners, thank you so much for, for uh, streaming and downloading. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, please subscribe as well, either on uh, Stitcher Radio or iTunes or wherever it is that you happen to listen to us. And, of course, to our wonderful chat room listeners, thank you so much for being here, for uh, giving us comments all throughout the show. You guys are fantastic. You keep us going throughout the entirety of the show. With that, uh, Classic Elder Scrolls is a Quest Gaming Network production. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you.